everybody, this is the 93rd episode of uh, us doing what we used to call the Q&A podcast, but it's more like the occasionally here podcast. Yeah, it's, it's become whenever we get around to a podcast. Uh, uh, my name is Anthony, sitting next to me as always is my pal DeQuincy. And, yo, what's up? And we're looking at the, at the records. The last time we did this was in January. <laughs> yeah. So... A lot has happened. Yes, and to explain why it's been since January, my computer broke, and when I mean broke, completely broke. Uh, well, I think what happened is the battery overheated and it cracked the screen, and uh, it's still usable. It's just uh, I haven't gotten around to fixing it. And before it was like, okay, I can't even open it without the cracking worse, and now it's gotten to a point where the uh, it can't get any worse. Half the touch screen no longer works, but the computer itself, the laptop, is still running. So, uh, we're back. So, after, what, six months? I guess so. So, a lot has happened. Uh, let's see. Golden State Warriors are still the NBA champions. Boo. LeBron James is uh, now a Los Angeles Laker. Eh. The Astros are still the best team in baseball, pretty much. And, uh... Brock Lesnar is still your WWE Universal Champion. It's over 400 days. <laughs> After only appearing... we, Well, actually, he's appeared on television more than we've podcasted this year, so I can't... I can't... Uh, well, that's not saying... It's, it's not saying much, but... A low bar. Low, low, low. It's a low bar, but I... Yeah, he's still got his beat on that one. So let's talk about... Uh, I want to talk about what we've been up to since we've been on our hiatus... Uh, you've been DJing. Once. I did it. I finally did it. Um, I uh, collect vinyl records, and uh, I was offered to spin some records uh, on Mother's Day, actually. It just turned out to be Mother's Day. Um, and it was a lot of fun, man. I, I was nervous because, one, I've never actually worked the actual, like, Equipment, the you know DJ equipment and all that kind of stuff for turntables and well turntables and a mixer mm-hmm. and you know faders and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was also stressful in the sense that I wanted it to, I wanted to create like the best possible playlist that I could. So I, I literally like worked on it for weeks. I had about two months notice, and I pretty much used all two months to really, really work on it, um, to really, you know, put together my favorite songs, songs I think would be great for a bar setting, um, and then putting those songs in an order that would flow well, that would, uh, you know, be consistent throughout the whole night for, you know, for the crowd. And by the end of it, I loved the, you know, the songs that I put together. I loved the records that I brought. Um, and I felt like it was the perfect first ever, like, gig that I could have done. Um, and I think the results were pretty pretty positive. Yeah, I was there. Um, just so you people don't think that we don't hang out or we're not cool with each other, we're not recording. We actually meet up. We 
we damn near text every day about stuff that except to do a podcast right. which is amazing but yeah i was there uh what was the bar called uh, the little dipper the little dipper in downtown houston uh it was, i've never been there before it was a cool spot i probably would go back there again just you know by myself or in a group when you get a chance yeah when i get a chance your, your schedule is a lot tighter than, than mine so Ooh, yeah. i understand that yeah but uh, back to your your DJing, it was great. I enjoyed myself. I heard a lot of music that I'd never heard before, because that's one thing about us. We don't listen to the same music, <laughs> not even close. Uh, but it, I enjoyed um, everything you played. I, I got a feel for it. Um, watching you work was uh, it was a great experience. Just watching you be really concentrated and um, basically living in the music. I had no idea it took you that long to put it together. A playlist, though. Yeah, for the right songs mm-hmm. uh, to make sure it fit within the time, you know, the time frame that I had, um, and yeah, again, just you know, making sure that it would be something that would be good for that environment. So, what would you say was the hardest part of the entire experience? Doing uh, picking the songs or learning all the the technical things like the fade in, fade out. No, actually, that came surprisingly easy. Like, I was nervous about it, um, but I got there. I got there early and uh, was shown how to do everything pretty quickly. And I, caught, it really didn't take a lot to to get it, you know, sorted out. Um, but really, the hardest part was just making sure that you know the music was right. You know, something that people would like, and trying not to play the same old thing that everybody hears at mm-hmm. the same bars. You know, you know that was the that was my goal was to maybe I would play a, a song by Arctic Monkeys, which is a band that a lot of people know, but play a song that a lot of people may not have heard. So, you know, I found a. Uh, a B-side of a, of a single from five years ago that, you know, it's never been on the radio, you know, at least any kind of terrestrial radio. Um, but it was like, you know, it was a cool jam and uh, stuff like that, you know, just, but trying not to be too, not trying to stray away too much from the norm. You know, I, I still added uh I still threw in some stuff that people knew, mm-hmm. um, but I try, but trying to find that balance of trying to put together something unique and interesting and fun, um, and I think I, I think I did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Do you remember how many songs you had in total? I had on my actual list. I had forty-seven. I think. Mm-hmm. And then I had extra records with me on hand, just in case I, you know, just in case I went through that playlist earlier than I had calculated. Uh, but actually, I had actually, excuse me, actually I had more time. I was given more time to keep going, basically. Yeah, so, because you had a. Uh, it was from what? What was it? Six to eight. Six to eight. Originally. Yeah. Um, and then I wound up going until ten. Oh wow! Which was. Pretty awesome. It was it was just fun doing that, um, but luckily I had extra records on hand that you know I was able to you know pull out some songs from there mm-hmm. and uh, kept going. So 
you know, the official playlist I like to think of it as was about 47, 40, between 45 and 47 songs. Yeah, and you're playing it, we were playing it safe, you are uh, DJing in front of friends and family, people that if they were going to boo you, were at least going to pull you to the side first. <laughs> but no, nah, um, for me, uh, I'm not going to speak for everybody. Well, you know, I am going to speak for everybody. Everybody had fun, uh, enjoyed the music, enjoyed the bar, and it was just cool to hang out with, um, hang out with your family, hang out with our friends, and just like listen to you do something that you enjoy. Yeah, friends that you hadn't seen in a while. Yeah, man, I feel like some of the people I haven't seen in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's what happens when you have when you're in a relationship you have children you just like your outside life is gone but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it was they, so that's great what, that's what they tell me yeah um, <laughs> yeah no man I, I was really happy with the turnout like how was the turnout for the most part because I you know I didn't really get a chance to look up a whole lot and kind of survey everything a few times I did but I feel like at the peak there was it was a pretty Full crowd. Like it a, was a full crowd. We had uh, friends and family. We basically filled up that little bar. I think we had at most maybe somewhere between twenty-seven to thirty people in there. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad for a Sunday. Mm-hmm. A Sunday night. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday night. Um, Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day Sunday night. You were. It's amazing that many people, especially you know, even if we're friends and family, the fact that. We tore ourselves away from our families to go see you. <laughs> in, in downtown Houston, which, if you know anything about parking downtown, Woo. it's, uh... Well, I guess it was a good thing it was Mother's Day, because it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, it didn't take me forever to find a parking space, <laughs> space like it normally does in downtown. Well, no, it was great. It was uh, something uh, I look forward to seeing you do again. I, I can't wait. I, I'm, uh, honestly, part of... Part of it is I'm, I'm like, trying to put together another list, and now that's the, that's going to be the new challenge is trying to put something put something new together mm-hmm. every time, um, and hopefully, or what I'm doing is just starting, I'm starting early, so that way if I get asked again, I'll be ready and I won't have to worry about it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, just little tweaks here and there. So, yeah, just having having a putting together a new list to have on standby for whenever it happens, and um, you know, hopefully it'll be an, another fun another fun outing for everybody. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, that's good. We caught up with you, saw everything that you've been up to. Um, currently, we're watching. Extreme Rules, what's this, 2006? 2009. 2009, okay. Uh, speaking of Extreme Rules, tonight Extreme Rules 2018. <laughs> uh, man, we have not talked, this is the downside of being gone for six months. We haven't talked about anything on the podcast. I mean, we miss all, everything that's happening in wrestling since basically the Royal Rumble. Pretty much. In fact, even before that, because our last podcast, I think we talked about the XFL coming back. We did. Wow. That was during, I think during the playoffs, right? Was it during the football playoffs? NFL playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, It was before the Super Bowl, that's right. Because I put it out on January 28th, so definitely before the Super Bowl. Wow. That's insane. 
Um, yeah, a lot's happened. But really, has a lot happened in pro wrestling since then? Or at least in WWE? I mean, AJ Styles is still champion. You know what you do? Pick a wrestler. We'll go through their entire storyline since for the beginning of the year. And see uh, if anything's really changed. <laughs> you just got all wide-eyed like a doe and headlights. Oh, God, I can't do it. Well, to, to some credit, mm-hmm. you know, there was the WWE draft or whatever. The superstar shakeup yes. or whatever that was. So, I like that they're doing that more often, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Kind of mix things up a little bit. Not too significantly, but... It really should be done after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, quote-unquote, the end of the wrestling year. That's when everything, well, that's when everything should restart. But I think everything really restarts after, what's the pay-per-view they have after? Backlash? I believe so. Backlash is like the uh, pay-per-view where they run back everything from WrestleMania. Yeah. So maybe after Backlash should be when they start the Superstar shakeup. And that's, I mean, that's a good time. And I think they did that this year, right? I, mean, I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when it happened, but um, there was still, it made everything feel fresh. Mm-hmm. And so some storylines, I mean, most storylines haven't really stayed the same, which is good. Um, we've seen, though, what a superstar shakeup can do for a superstar. It happened April 16th and 17th. You can, That's literally right after WrestleMania. Okay, so but we've Two seen we've seen the highs and lows of what a superstar shakeup can do for mm. a performer. Case in point, before the superstar shakeup, Jinder Mahal was whether it's deserved or not was WWE champion for the better part of a year. I mean, if we're gonna start talking about who does does not deserve. Things in the WWE, we're going to be here all day. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. But he was champion for most of 2017. Mm-hmm. Feuded with the top guys on SmackDown. Was a top guy on SmackDown. Uh, had the United States title at the end. Mm-hmm. And was traded over to Raw, where he promptly lost the United States title. Like that. <laughs> he literally lost it that night to Jeff Hardy. Had a cup of coffee of a feud with Roman Reigns Mm -hmm. and pretty much is back to where he was before he left WWE back in like 2015. What is he doing now? Absolutely nothing. Or he's he's losing matches. It's so weird that you can be... He he was one of the big fish on SmackDown. Then you go to Raw where you think, hey, there's an extra hour. There's more time for... There'll be more time for... For him to be featured, right? And he goes over there, and he's just—he just disappears. He does nothing. Um, you had the Miz on mm-hmm. Raw, mm-hmm. who had some had great success. I mean, he's always gonna—he's gonna succeed no matter where he goes. He's that good of a performer. That boy is talented. He's, in my opinion, the best overall performer on the roster right now. He puts on solid matches, mm-hmm. nothing spectacular, but he knows how to build he knows how to build feuds, he knows how to carry a feud, he knows how to uh, 
get you interested. He knows how to keep you engaged. And he's that entertaining. He goes over to SmackDown Live for Monday Night Raw and is probably one of the, was vaulted to being one of the top guys on, you know, on the show. He's going to have a feud with Daniel Bryan very soon. Yes. And the thing about going from Raw to SmackDown for him is that there's plenty of feuds for him to be involved with. Daniel Bryan, that was the one everybody couldn't wait for that to, you know, get started. And to their credit, they didn't go to it right away. Yeah, slow burn. They waited. They waited on it. Absolutely. Um, and now it it appears like this is just me fancy booking, but appears um, that uh, he's going to appear in Team Hell Knows uh, Championship match tonight, calls them the tag team titles. That, and yeah. Then they'll set up the Miz versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just seems that seems like that's where it's going right now. Uh, but you're right about the Miz has been very he's become so I don't know what it is but uh, he was always good on the mic but in the last couple of years he's definitely stepped it up in the ring yes he's not like he's not a Daniel Bryan type worker but he's he's a hell of a lot better than what he, he's he's better than the guy we just spoke about Jinder Mahal in the ring <laughs> um, so I think um, just get because earlier before we record we were talking about SummerSlam, and we were trying to figure out who AJ Styles' opponent would be for SummerSlam, and uh, we both agreed that The Miz is one of those guys who's probably going to be in the running. I mean, not SummerSlam. He's going to be one of those guys afterwards, because he deserves a title shot. Right, and I would say he deserves a title shot at SummerSlam, because that's a big show, that's a big spot for him, but... He's, he'll probably be busy with Daniel Bryan, and mm-hmm. which is a great feud as well. Um, something that everybody is clamoring for, can't wait to see. Um, but in terms of a payoff for like a like, with a, a title shot, um, with a marquee match, it's still because it's for a title. It's I feel it's still just a notch over the Bryan feud, which. You know, but but not by a, a large margin. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, he's being just left, you know, with scraps. I mean, that's a big match for him. But still, a title shot is always going to be bigger. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a... That's an example. The Miz is an example of a neutral kind of shift, you know, because he's always going to... He's going to... Uh, he's going to do well wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I think that's an example of a neutral shift. And then an example of a huge like uh, improvement or positive gain from the Superstar shakeup is Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Dolph Ziggler is yes. a guy who was doing nothing on SmackDown. Just floundering with his terrible music and his terrible gimmick. Gets traded over Monday Night Raw where you think if he can't... A guy like him with his talent... Um, if he's not being featured prominently on SmackDown, yeah, what, what chance, chance does he have to do anything significant on Monday Night Raw? Mm-hmm. And now he's the current Intercontinental Champion. Is teamed up with a returning Drew McIntyre, 
or returning to Monday at Raw at least. He, he's mm-hmm. been in NXT for a while. Mm-hmm. After being away from WWE for a while. And has a great feud going with Seth Rollins. Both of... Now, side note, Seth Rollins... I mean, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre two weeks in a row have had phenomenal matches against Seth Rollins. Oh, which no shot there because... Shows you how great Seth Rollins is. Seth Rollins is the best wrestler on TV right now. He can work with a guy who's has the same... Or who is... Whose skill set is probably closest than anybody. Yeah. And he can also work with a monster like Drew McIntyre and make it a fun, entertaining match. Like I said, he's the best wrestler in TV right now. Yeah. Uh, no no slight to AJ Styles. He's still one of the best, but I think Rollins this year has surpassed him. Even if he doesn't have the WWE Championship or the Wandering uh, Universal Championship, right. he's still the best wrestler on in WWE right now. Without a doubt, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Ziggler has a is no longer on the pre-show. He's he's wrestling at Extreme Rules in a thirty-minute Iron Man match for the inter- defending his Intercontinental Title. Do you want to just get to Extreme Rules? Let's talk about it. Sure. While we watch Extreme Rules, sure. Let's just run down the matches because because this is going to be so dated by the time this comes out in a couple of hours. The show. We'll be almost be on. All right, uh, we'll start with the pre-show. We got Sin Cara versus Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas is... You're just hoping they don't mess this up. Because this guy is... The, I mean, he is a great performer. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some amazing matches in NXT. He really did. He was the champion there for a little while, and he can work with anybody. I feel like there's a lot of potential there for him to have that crossover appeal with, you know, the Hispanic market. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, don't drop the ball with this guy. But you got to start somewhere, and... This is a good feud for him, Sin Cara. There's a built-in story that they, you know, have known each other for a while, and now they're, you know, now that you know, San Almas has, uh, now that his profile has risen, he's he feels he's better than Sin Cara and doesn't need to associate with him, and and that's a you know that's a good feud to to have. Um, it's a bummer though that he's on the pre-show. But I feel like this will be his only pre-show match. Yeah. After that, it's he's just going up from here. I'm just glad to see the guy wrestling. It feels like ever since he's come over to SmackDown, mm-hmm. all he's done is done the, the promo work with um, what's his name, Selena Vega. Yeah. And even like said, even though this is a pre-show match, between this and the other pre-show matches on the card, it really feels like WWE is starting to say it's starting to put. Um, more emphasis on those mat on the pre-show now to get people into into the <coughs> into the arena, fill the crowd because um, this between this and the next match we'll get to right now this has been the best pre-show matches I've ever seen. Yeah, they're they're actually worth watching. Mm-hmm. 
no longer will I skip over them and <laughs> and just go to seven o'clock. <laughs> right. uh, who you got winning? Andrade. Yeah, same yeah. here. He needs it more than Sin Cara does. Also, we're talking about um, Andrade. Andrade. I watched a couple of matches in NXT and they were very impressive. But the I think the best thing that ever happened to him was his manager. Oh, without Vega. a doubt. Because sometimes you can have all the skill in the world, but you just can't talk. And having um, Miss Vega there with him really takes that pressure off for him. It's like, okay, I can focus on the 80% that I do great and the 20% that I'm not good at. Well, she can have that. Right. And she is, um, she's like a really beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. But she's a very unlikable manager. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's key. That fans aren't just responding to her because she's good looking. Like, they're responding because she's really unlikable. Yeah, she she's does really the, insulting. the dirty hill moves. Yeah. The, um, her karanas and stuff. And she's very impressive. I wouldn't be surprised in the next year or two we're talking about her having a run at either SmackDown or Raw won the champion. She's good enough to, to get one. Okay. Uh, on to the second pre-show match. One of the two matches on the entire card that actually had extreme rules. <laughs> uh, it's the big, it's a New Day going up against Sanity in a table match. And that's on the pre-show? That's on the pre-show. Uh, like I said, WWE put more emphasis on the pre-show. They're trying to get people in. Yeah, I'll have a cup. Uh, they're trying to get people in to watch the shows. And so if you have great pre-show matches, when people turn on the TV at 7 o'clock to watch the regular show, it's all full. It's not, you know, three quarters of the way. Thank you, sir. Right. Wow, that's a great pre-show match, man. I'm actually looking forward to it. Because, uh, look, the New Day is always going to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think we can do without the pancakes every week. Wow, how dare you? Sorry. You are a goddamn communist. But they're still fun. They're still... Basically, with the New Day, it's like I'm waiting for them not to break up Mm -hmm. because they're still, you know, they're still entertaining. They don't need to break up. But I'm waiting, and I think a lot of people are waiting for Big E to get his, his big push, to get his run. To get his chance um, to stand out in that stable, stable, excuse me, um, being, you know, the the idea is that they're that that they're all equal in this group, but the reality is they're not, and Big E should be the guy that you know stands out in that group mm-hmm. and proves that you know he's he's the guy of that of that stable. And so, that's what I, that's what I'm waiting for. So that's why I still tune in. That's why I still am interested in the new day because when that happens, that that could that could really be money. That could be huge business for him and for the company. And it's so the new day has transcended the tag team titles. Like they don't need them anymore. Right. To put them on them, kind of diminishes the title and there's other teams in the SmackDown division that can use them a hell of a lot more than the New Day does. 
But if they don't have the titles and they're just, you know, doing their pancakes and unicorn power and the power of positivity crap mm-hmm. and all the things that we enjoy, but they're not running for the titles, then what are they? Exactly. And that's why they need to, someone needs to be in the running for a title. And that should be Big E, whether it's the United States title or more, you know, um, I think more, it's, it's you know, I think the WWE title is something that people want to see more, mm. that we, I would tune in more to see. I mean, I'd, uh, I remember when they were trying to qualify for the Money in the Bank match, and I was like, it'd be great if they actually won it. Right. And, uh, you know, just Freebird that thing or, or you know, happen to win the championship and Freebird, the WWE championship, or even one like the U, which one's on SmackDown? USA? <laughs> the uh, US uh, t- championship. But it doesn't feel like we're, I don't know, it feels like we're just, they're just stuck. I love the New Day, but it just feels to me like they're just stuck in the same, just in place. Right. And, you know, you only have so many as a wrestler, you only got so many bullets in the chamber, mm-hmm. and these guys, Kofi is already, how would you say, he's 36? 36. Big E, I believe, is he 31 or 32, and um, Xavier Woods, you know, in fact, why am I saying I Big E is 32, and Woods is 31. Yeah. And, uh, look, Kofi has been around for a long time mm-hmm. has done a lot of great things as we just saw in this Extreme Rules 2009 match defending mm-hmm. his US Championship right um, aside from a world title shot which look every the thing about wrestling is that not everybody's going to get a title shot mm-hmm. and you said earlier there is a certain ceiling for certain guys and Kofi, you know, he's been at his ceiling. His ceiling was his rivalry with Randy Orton. Yeah. Many moons ago. But Big E is a guy that may have already been at his ceiling, but can actually go through it. He can, he, he has the look, the character, the charisma, mm-hmm. um, the power to go beyond what may be expected of him. Like, he, he, he's a guy that can be a top guy. If there isn't a Big E versus Velveteen Dream WWE title match in the future, then we've all failed. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've all failed. The universe has failed. All right, um, who, who you got? New Day, Sanity? Um, I'm going to go with Sanity in this one. I think this is the, this is the kind of match that's made for them. It's chaotic. It's you know, it's insane or whatever. Um, and also, it's a table match. One push and you go through a table. It's not like you're getting pinned or submitted. Right. Uh, and they've had these kinds of crazy matches, and they're they're built for those kinds mm-hmm. of crazy matches. Um, and they're they're new to the roster, so and it's a pre-show match. So I feel like the New Day can can take a loss in this one. Yeah, like, like New Day wins the losses don't really matter. They're still the New Day. Right. It's um, about building momentum for the new guys. Yeah. Moving on, and just to let you know, like always, we're I'm just going straight 
off of Wikipedia, so whatever they ha- the however they have the matches, that's the order I'm going into. Um, Alexa Bliss defends her championship against Nia Jax in an Extreme Rules match. Oh boy! Um, With Ronda Rousey sitting in the crowd, let's not forget that. So there's only a hundred and twenty percent chance she interferes somehow. <laughs> Oh man, I feel like I feel like Nia Jax could win this match if they're really like there's a lot to, there's a lot that can kind of be said about this mm-hmm. whole situation. It's like Alexa Bliss is when she's, I mean she's a popular champion. She got a good reaction when she cashed in her Money in the Bank contract and won the title mm-hmm. after losing it at WrestleMania only a month you know earlier at WrestleMania uh, but I feel like Nia Jax didn't get enough time to do anything with the title Alexa Bliss has already done so much with it and when she won the title the night after was the the whole thing with Ronda Rousey where Ronda attacked her and Kurt Angle and everybody in the building basically and, and got suspended. Mm-hmm. And in that promo, Ronda said, with or without the title, when I when my suspension is up, the first person I'm coming after is Alexa Bliss. And I feel like I feel like the best thing that for Nia is if they actually meant something by that. Mm-hmm. With or without the title, I'm coming after Alexa Bliss. So, basically, Nia could win the title back, and instead of putting Ronda in a title match right away again, because that's what happened after WrestleMania, is that she got put right away into a match against uh, Nia Jax mm-hmm. for the title, which some people were like, maybe it's too soon. It's always too soon, I feel like, even with a marquee name like that. But she did actually have a great match. Singles match against Nia. I think everybody can agree on that one. But, uh, I think you can still, she can still go without the title for now. Okay. And even feuding for the title. So, I'm hoping that Nia Jax can win the title back. Ronda's suspension is up, and she still goes after Alexa. And you still have a good, really good feud in the women's division between Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss. And Nia Jax can work with somebody, build some momentum, and have a big match at SummerSlam. Okay. But we, then it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I think we can all agree. I'm listening to you, everything you say, and I'm listening, and I'm, I'm processing it. And the entire time, like, I have nothing of interest to say about this match because... Uh, but that's it. That's the only thing that you can say about the match because the third person is the most interesting part of the storyline, which is a shame. But we've also seen this match before. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know it was extreme rules and everything, but I don't. I can never. I don't understand how Alexa Bliss wins her matches with the size and and that she is compared to the sizes that her opponents are. Like. Uh, Nia Jax is like six feet tall, and like don't have to say her weight. I wasn't. I, I decided not to, but I don't understand how. I, 
maybe I'm just thinking. I don't know. I don't have any real thoughts about Alexa Bliss, where she wins or loses or or Nia Jax. I just don't care about this match. I don't know why. If it, it feels like to me all the because look, it's it, it's getting to the point where yes, people like Alexa Bliss, but she's already like within a year and a half. Something like that. She's already like a five-time champion. That's a lot. That's a lot of of her holding the title, and she's not. You know, not. Uh, I'm not. Me. I don't mean demeaning or in stature. She's not the biggest star in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. To have the title that often, to hold the title that many times for however long it's been, and to not be a you know nearing a face of company stature. Um, it gets kind of stale at this point. You know, what I think my real problem with this match is, it's like you said, it's just stale. Think about it. They've been, it's been Alexa Bliss and Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax for what four months? Pretty much. It's just like I can't keep doing guys. Do we not have any other women that we can that Alexa Bliss can go up against? Or Nia Jax. Or Nia. Or Nia Jax. Maybe it's just. Uh, just a rut for me, but uh, but who you who you're picking? Who are you picking? Uh, I, I'm gonna go with Nia Jax because I want to see that. I want to see what I, the angle that I kind of laid out. I want to see that happen. Right. I'm picking Alexa Bliss because I don't think, I think, while it'd be smarter for them to push off Ronda Rousey's, uh, first title win till next year at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They're probably gonna do it at SummerSlam against Alexa Bliss. But whatever. Uh, moving on to the next match, you got AJ Styles defending his WWE Championship against Rusev. I think we all know what we want, but we all know what's gonna happen. All I, all I can say is about damn time. It's about damn time, but it feels like it's going to be the only time. Yeah, because like I said earlier, we were talking about trying to find a, a challenger for AJ Styles at um, SummerSlam. This match right here just feels like we just need someone to step in until we get that real feud going. Right, because they've spent very little time building the actual feud. Mm-hmm. But see, the thing... I think it's more like WD finally did some fan service. It's like, alright, you love Rusev, you got your damn Rusev day, he gets his cheer, blah blah blah. Here you go, you idiots. We're gonna exactly, give you what you want. It's exactly what you're it gonna is. You're gonna get the one shot and then SummerSlam we're gonna put AJ Styles against who who do we pick? Uh either Basically by default Randy Orton. Either Randy Orton or or Cross Samoa, Joe. Samoa Joe. That's right. But we're just gonna give you this one off to shut you up. Yeah, and so that's how bad it is because we're we're already looking beyond tonight mm-hmm. our extreme rules. We're mm-hmm. looking at SummerSlam already because we, everybody kind of knows what's going to happen, and uh, it's unfortunate because Rusev has everything going for him. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that ever and. That everybody can get behind. Uh, it's a it's a fresh title run. 
I mean, they still have him as a heel, even though he's been getting cheers for months now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's just so good. Mm-hmm. Like, he's funny, he's good on the mic, he's a powerhouse, he's a really great performer. And he's just going nowhere. At the, I mean, he's not, no, 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 I take that back, because he is getting a title shot. Mm-hmm. Um... But he's, I feel like they're, they're manufacturing his ceiling right away. Like they're throwing up, throwing him up to what they consider is his ceiling. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel like they're setting it up to be unbreakable at this point. Yeah, his ceiling might be U.S. slash Intercontinental Champion. Mm -hmm. Or like a transition WWE champion where he gets it for like a month. When they go, when it goes from face to heel to face, and mm-hmm. he's that face transition champion. Uh, sorry, to interrupt. We are watching, like I said earlier, Extreme Rules 2009, and nothing screams 2009 more than Christian, Tommy Dreamer, and Jack Swagger in a Extreme Rules match for the ECW Championship. <laughs> And that's what we were watching right now. And this, oh man, these were the dark days of wrestling. Yeah. Where the mid card, the lower card was, I don't know. It, I feel like the mid card and lower card was really good, but also really bad. I don't know why. I feel like it was good. They just had no idea what to do with it. Tommy Dreamer just did a pump handle suplex with a uh, kendo stick that didn't really seem to need the kendo stick for anything because it was in between his legs and flew out from in between his legs when he flipped Christian over him. So there, there we go. Yeah. Um, where were we? Uh, AJ Style Rusev. Uh, I have. I want Rusev to win. Same but here, but you know what's gonna happen. AJ AJ's going to defend. Did you hear the the rumor about uh, why AJ won against Nakamura no. in the last match? Uh, basically, it's because he's on the cover for WWE oh, yeah. okay. 2K19. 19. So they need him to sell some video games, which I, which seems kind of stupid. If you if you are if you watch wrestling and you buy a video game, you're probably going to buy the video game no matter who's on the cover, right? And Also, they're promoting pre-orders to play as Rey Mysterio Jr. Mm-hmm. or Rey Mysterio and Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. So there's really like at this point, it doesn't really matter who's on the cover. And plus, it's a video game. Like, what does it matter who's holding the title? Yeah, it's, it's like who's gonna who is gonna pick up a wrestling game? That needs to be influenced by who's on the on the on the cover and who's champion in the, the WWE. Actual, on the actual show. Yeah, it's like it makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, That's why I don't play video games <laughs> because I don't know what they're thinking with these things. Oh uh, man, you can find good video games. <laughs> I'm a, one one day, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna come over here and we're gonna actually set up a system for you to play and see how long you can make it through. We'll do a. We'll record a show while I'm playing video games. Oh, get yeah. my real time reaction. Okay. That's what Twitch is for. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, we both have AJ Styles winning. Uh, next match is uh, for the WWE Raw Tag Team Champion. But real quick, real yeah. Quick. This that's a feud that we should be talking about a lot longer, and that's and that's exactly what WWE did with that. That's a feud that should be stretched out, should be built much better, but we're just kind of coasting through it. Yet, the only way this feud is going to stretch out is if Rusev actually wins. Right. If he loses, then... And it's a shame well, that... On the SummerSlam. It's a shame that you and I gave it so little time to talk about. And it's even more of a shame that WWE gave it so little time to build. Is it bad that we've talked about... We've we talked about the two pre-show matches more than the, the match for the women's... The Raw Women's Championship and the WWE Championship. It's very bad. All right. Uh, but like I said, moving on, we have the Leaders of Worlds, Matt Hardy and Way Bright, Way Bray Wyatt, Wyatt. Yeah. defending their tag team championships against the B team, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Um, I feel like we should spend not as much time on it, or as as equal time as we spent on the AJ Styles match because it's had its interesting moments it's been fun at times but I mean that's it it, like it's it's a tag team title match where both of these we're at this point where there's probably never going to be another tag team that's ever going to redefine what it means to be a tag team Mm -hmm. there's never going to be another Edge and Christian the Hardy Boys or whatever. The Dudleys. Um, the Dudleys. And so... And even the even more classic tag teams. So, at this point, most of your tag teams are just going to be guys that get thrown together. And that's pretty much what it's been for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. I mean, uh, Bray Wyatt and um, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, Sheamus and Cesaro, even. Hey, going a little, going back like that, Daniel Bryan and Kane, who we'll Daniel, talk about it later. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just the new day. Even I mean, those are just three guys that came together. Although, but they had a they had something to bring them together. They're all black. <laughs> okay, that's true. There's no denying that. Can't deny that. Um, but you know, that's it. So. Again, you know, some of these tag team matches are going to have, or feuds, are going to have some, you know, interesting moments, some fun moments. Bo Dallas impersonating his real-life brother, mm-hmm. you know, on Raw, was hilarious and a cool moment. Um, and the fact that Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel have both pinned Matt Hardy in consecutive weeks, you know, kind of trying to give them momentum going into Extreme Rules match uh, is nice. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, whether no matter who wins this this match, 
it's like, okay, next, what do you got for me? And that's not even for that team. I mean, literally, next, what's yeah. the next match? Let's move on. That's how that. That's how this feels to me. Who's in the raw on the raw uh, tag team division? They'll be next up in line. The revival, probably. They beat Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley in a tag match a couple weeks ago. You, know, I like their matches in NXT. I can see that. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Cause I got nothing. So. I'll pick the deleter of worlds. Um. Same here. Uh, moving on, single match. What's the next match? Uh, for WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Carmella defends against Asuka, while James Ellsworth will be suspended above a ring in a shark cage. It's been an interesting feud, oh, actually. And I was like, didn't they do this with him already? And I was like, wait a minute, no, that was Enzo Amore. Yes. Who we are no longer legally allowed to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, this, I mean... It's an okay feud as well. Look, Carmella, I think it's great that they're giving her this much time mm-hmm. with the title. It does feel different. Um, we really do need to... I think while Charlotte is still out, I think the best feud that we can get going forward, a SummerSlam-type feud that we could get going forward would be Asuka versus Becky Lynch. Because Becky Lynch is still very popular, is a great worker, deserves some shine, some more spotlight than she's gotten recently. You're speaking to the choir. I'm I'm the head of the either put her in a match or let her turn heel. She's got Becky Lynch has to do something. Right. And I think now would be a good time to just, you know, take the title off Carmella, let Asuka hold it, and there's your, your next feud for SummerSlam. My thing is, you can't have Oscar lose twice to Carmella. Now, after all it's the big deals you made about her being undefeated and um, right. NXT, and then her own her first big loss, her first loss period is um, at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and then she loses twice to Carmella. Yeah, oh, no, the second yeah, news that why. make that's crazy. But then was like. I feel like that's gonna happen because some, even though he's in the shark cage, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. We saw that with um, Enzo Amore at uh, what pay per view was that? Might have been SummerSlam. That was SummerSlam. No, because it was it was a big show. Over, it might have been Extreme Rules last year, bro. I remember. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he used like sun like suntan lotion or something to squeeze his stuff mm-hmm. through the bars. I was so wouldn't be surprised if Ellsworth did something like that. After all, he has no chin to stop him. Right. So, I feel so. Carmel's gonna win by hook or by crook, and it's gonna be by crook. But I just don't see what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing, Oscar. If you want Carmella to win again and hold on to that belt so she can lose it to, um, what's her name? Completely zoned out, Charlotte, at SummerSlam. Then why not put someone else in this match where the lo- a, a loss to Carmella won't hurt them instead of putting Asuka in there and have her lose yet again? Right. Well, see, I think that this is why Asuka wins the match. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to do that to Asuka. You know, I don't think they're going to put her through that. 
put that on her resume that she lost twice to Carmelo. And I think I think now is a good time to yeah, to put the spotlight back on Becky Lynch for a little bit. Okay. So you have Oscar winning. I do. I got Carmella winning. Wow. Through some chicanery. Sure. Okay. Uh, next match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Also, one one more thing. Sure. Sorry. It's been fun having Ellsworth back. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's just amount, just the right amount of Ellsworth. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's he's good for the show. He's like he's a little he's just a little seasoning. You just need a little. Just, just a, a little, little bit. Yeah. But then you can throw him away and bring him back every six Absolutely. Months. That's that's what's great about it is that he can go away for a good little while and come back to a fun pop. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Just no more title matches against AJ Styles. God. What a waste of time. Um, He's 3-0 and against AJ, by the way. I'm sorry, they just gave me a brain as aneurysm. Yeah. Uh, moving on, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Bludgeon Brothers against Team Hell No. Uh, well, we talked about The Miz probably interfering. Yeah, I think we talked about that off-air. Oh, yeah. But basically, okay. this is going to be kickoff to The Miz and Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, they've been they've been hinting at it for the last couple of weeks. They weren't, I believe, Team Hell No was on um, Miz TV this week I think so okay but there's also rumor that if contract negotiations are you know if they're if they don't progress mm-hmm. as well but before Danny Bryan's contract ends in September they could they could very well accelerate it and go Miz versus Bryan at SummerSlam or they could also there's been rumor that they could uh, do the Miz versus I mean not the Miz uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kane at something like SummerSlam where it's you know it's just kind of a send off for Bryan it's just a match I think yeah that's what I've heard they've been putting Bryan in all these matches like the one he had with AJ Styles uh, reunite Team Hell No and then you know this whole thing going on with the Miz. They've basically been pushing through all these these storylines because they really don't have. Um, there's no contract after September, so right. they want to make sure to get all these money batches in before he leaves. Yeah, no, exactly. But so, I, I guess like tonight will show how the contract is going. And thank you for skipping this match, um, because if. If Kane turns on Daniel Bryan and they actually had the match at SummerSlam, you're like, oh, they're saving Miz and Bryan for WrestleMania, the contract. He wants to sign a new contract. But if Miz interferes, then I probably would. Then they're just going to get right to it. Then there's probably a, a greater 50% chance that come September, Daniel Bryan is no longer in the company. Or, uh, or that he could just be you know, um, making them sweat mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, again, it's another tag match that, whatever, you know, the, the <laughs> thing about Rowan and Harper is that they've been 
associated with each other for a long time now. Yeah, years, ever since going back to the Wyatt family. Right, so, you know, they are a legit tag team. Uh, they're dominant, but they're not, but even they're not game changers. They're not redefining the division. They're not uh, elevating themselves to a, to a status that we're, we'll remember Rowan and Harper for, you know, long term. Um, Luke Harper is a standout performer just on his own. Mm-hmm. And it would have been cool to see him have more of a singles run than he did, you know, I guess last year, year and a half ago. But, uh, you know, they're still, a, they're, for now, like, they're like uh, currently a good tag team, a really good tag team. And, um, they'll probably retain, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason Daniel Bryan and Kane need the tag titles. Yeah, it's no example of the team being bigger than the titles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. We'll go both on Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers all the way. Yeah, I think the biggest story in this match is what happens at the end, basically. Does Kane turn on Daniel Bryan, or does The Miz interfere on Daniel Bryan? Right. One of those two things happen. I don't see any way they walk out of that building as the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Right. And another good thing for the Bludgeon Brothers is that this feud gets them off pre-show. Mm-hmm. At least, well, you know, for one month. Yeah, for one month. <laughs> Although, like we said, the pre-show is becoming fire now. Um, a match we talked about earlier, the 30-minute Ironman match for the Intercontinental Championship. Dolph Ziggler against Seth Rollins. Match of the night? Match of the year candidate. I'm calling it. It's an Iron Man match, so mm-hmm. most pinfalls or submissions in 30 minutes wins. Mm-hmm. This is going to be just an incredible match, man. I can't wait. Um, I don't know who to, I don't know who to choose in this match. I like it so much. I'm just excited to see these guys go at it again. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's gonna be 30 minutes of greatness. It's gonna be the best match of the night. Um, and I would be, I'll be happy with either one of these guys leaving with the title. Same here. Um, I and here's the thing about. That match also. Mm-hmm. If Ziggler does walk out still champion, that leaves enough room, enough of a door open for. I think you're going where I'm going. Potentially Seth Rollins. Yes. Vying for the universal yes. title. Yes. 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 That's where I'm going. Yes. Which would be great. Which would be great too. So it's it's a win-win situation for both the guys because I think. Ziggler could still lose the title, and but him and McIntyre could always go after the tag titles, and that would be cool to see. You know, there's always going to be opportunity for the for Ziggler to have some sort of title, and that's fine, and I like that. Um, and also, if Rollins were to win the Intercontinental Championship, they might just run this back. Say they run his back, runs back to SummerSlam, but it's a ladder match. Right. SummerSlam, 
made ladder matches mm-hmm. for the Intercontinental title. Man, but how did I just say that? I just thought about SummerSlam is seven weeks away. Yeah. That's a lot of time for for us to keep running the uh, Rollins versus Ziggler. Mm-hmm. So, you know, saying that out loud, now, now I think Ziggler wins. He gets into a feud with some other face on um, Raw. And I think, like, like we just said earlier, I think uh, Rollins is in the um, universal picture now. He has to be. I mean, he's... He's earned it, and, you know, that's it. I mean, that's pretty much all you got for that guy. Like, he's, there's nothing, there's nothing else he, you know, he should be doing other than going after the Universal title. If he's not Intercontinental Champion, mm-hmm. there's no other feud out there for him that he needs to be involved with at this point, at this time of the year. Who would you like to see if, let's just say, this uh, ends and, ooh, ooh, apologies. Let's say this ends, Ziggler walks out as internet intercontinental champion. Who would you like to see him feud with next? Oh, boy. Because um, my first thought was Finn Balor. Sure. But I, I, I want to see something different. I want to see Chad Gable. I think Chad Gable is a significantly underutilized talent. Wow. That could, yeah, would have a, for sure a great match with Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Um, would be a great champion. Speaking of Gable, there's another man that needs to come back and have a couple rivalries. And could set up a feud with a returning Jason Jordan. Yes. Whenever he comes back, there have been rumors that he's been backstage. They just haven't used him. Yeah. And they and see they there's a you know the fact that they're no longer tag team partners. They attacked each other during the uh, SmackDown Invasion of Raw. Or... I'm sorry. Uh, I saw a post from Kurt Angle. He was out with his family. I can't remember, like fishing or something. He was like, oh, I'm just out with the family. It was him, his wife, his kids. Someone posted, I guess not everyone in the family got invited on. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I didn't realize how much I missed Jason Jordan until I started talking about him. That slimy, I need daddy for everything heal. And that was just, that was so nice to have. <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll be it would be cool to see him back. You know, mm-hmm. there was enough time. Like I was sick of him when he was on, but he's been gone long enough where it's like, okay, like let's let's give this another shot. Oh, speaking of Jason, when we're done, remind me to tell you about my idea for um, how to do the teams in Survivor Series. Okay, absolutely. Uh, so okay, who are you picking, Ziggler or Rollins? I'll go Ziggler. Me too. Drew McIntyre's getting involved somehow, and he's gonna steal a pin that way. Yeah. Or cause uh, Seth Rollins a pin. Um, Do you break up that team? No. And start a feud for the Intercontinental title there? Mm, it's too soon. I feel like it's too soon. It's too soon. But that option is always going to be it's there. Gonna, it's going to be... It'll be there. Like, eventually... I can see... Um, sooner or later, maybe uh, McIntyre win, wins the title. Like, the Intercontinental title. 
and basically Ziggler turns on him. Mm-hmm. But you can do that months down the road. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun having them together. And like we were talking about talking about earlier about guys just coming together. That's a that's a team that came together and just jailed like instantly. Uh, moving on to the next match, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Oh boy, uh, I don't really care because I'll probably turn the TV off by the time this match comes on because this is your main event. More than likely. God, they. And it's a shame. If this is the main event over Rollins and Ziggler, or even Strowman and Owens, or even AJ Styles and Rusev, I know Vince is stuck in his ways, but come on, someone, like, he has to be listening to somebody, anybody. But okay, so. I don't have much to say on this match because I don't care about Bobby Lashley at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I'm indifferent to Roman Reigns. Like, he's talented. He's... Well, if I made a list of the of the best male wrestlers, he's in the top five. Yeah. It's like... Rollins, Styles, him... Oh shit! I had this the other day, and I can't even think about it. And a couple of guys, but yeah, he's definitely in the top five most talented wrestlers. He's still not great on the mic, only because he's still, you know, he's still too scripted. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing where they're doing, um, getting mad, like they're trying to get the fans on his side by burning. Uh, Lesnar talking about how Lesnar is Vince's boy and Lesnar has all these he has all these perks he do whatever he wants blah 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 and it's like we all read the dirt sheets we know you're Vince's boy we know this you're the heir apparent (laughs) yeah I don't yeah I don't have much to say man Bobby Lashley should be a heel. Mm-hmm. A legit contender for the title. Mm-hmm. And should be a heel in this feud to really make if you really want to put Roman, you know, catapult him. They just they they brawled, but Bobby Lashley could be mean and nasty and attack Roman, but they just haven't done any of that. Yeah, it's like... Or they could have been like, hey, we're just two guys. Let's just, you know, just wrestle out of respect for one another. But it's like, like, oh, we don't have respect for each other. We're just going to fight. It's like weird in the middle. Like, there's no respect, but there's no, like, real hate for each other. Mm-hmm. So... It's just two faces going against each other because we need Roman needs an opponent. Opponent, right? And we're just gonna we're gonna brawl at the end just because tension. Like we just kind of need to, and it's uh, it's a way to get us. It it's a way for Roman and Bobby Lashley to them for themselves to get inspired for this match. It's so. It, uh, 
they did the um, Roman Reigns General Hall uh, feud because they knew people would boo boo General Hall, so they were hoping people would cheer Reigns, right? Then why don't you turn uh, Lashley heel and try to get people to boo him and cheer for Roman Reigns mm-hmm. instead of what you're doing, just having two bland face, like tween, they're not even real faces, like tweeners go against each other. Who you got? Uh, you know, we'll go Bobby Lashley. Oh wow, I'm going. I just pick Reigns out of out of hat. There's no. <laughs> Very rarely you're proven wrong on that. Uh, next match: Jeff Hardy defense is United States Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Man, I forgot how much of a feud this has. This how boring this feud has been too. In their defense, they've been injured. You get bit by a police dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that takes away some of the feuding. Totally understand. So th- it's been a lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um. A series of unfortunate events that has um, hurt this feud, but no, nevertheless, it is still because of it. It's it's boring, and there's really nothing to talk about. There's nothing to get me excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like if you didn't put the title on Nakamura at WrestleMania. Or at the Greatest World Rumble. Right. Or Backlash. Um, if you don't put it on him now, you probably never will put any kind of title on him. Mm-hmm. And what was the whole point of bringing him over? Yeah. You know, if you weren't going to... If the idea and the announcement that he was in this signing class, you know, he was signed with uh, at the same time as... AJ Styles and um, get out Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. Like if he's not, if you're gonna make this big of a deal, only to treat him like you treat all the other Japanese wrestlers, for, for the most part. Like, you know, there's no point in making a big deal about him. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like you have to put the title on him. That's, that's how I feel. It's, it's a matter of if not when. If not now, then when? Right. And if not now, then probably never. Yeah, you kind of, not to use a dog pun, but if he doesn't win, you completely neutered him. Yeah. There's no uh, there's no more threat. I mean, yeah, he can he win the big one? Can he ever be a champion in, in a WWE? He had four, but four opportunities to AJ Styles. And Owen four, so yeah. So yeah, we gotta go Nakamura. Mm, same here. Uh, Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Constable Corbin. Constable Corbin. Um, we gotta go Finn Balor on this one. I mean, this is just kind of. I feel like they put this feud together just just to throw the match, just to have an extra match on the pay per view. Get your money somehow. Get your money somehow. Once again, stall for Finn Balor. You know, something for him to do. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Finn uh, Balor should uh, definitely be in the running as well for a title shot. Yes, he should, but it feels like that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm going with Baron Corbin. Because it feels like a little, unless they actually make, until they make 
a move on Finn Balor to have him win big matches, mm-hmm. I'm going to go against him. It just feels like the, the smart thing to do because they have not given him anything to do since um, basically when he got injured and lost the, and had to forfeit the Universal title. Yep. He's come back and has he even had he hadn't even had a title shot for the Universal title. Hell, has he had a title shot for any belt? Uh, the Intercontinental title. Okay. At, at WrestleMania, the ladder match. Oh, yeah. The ladder match? Oh, no, no, not the ladder match. It was a triple Oh, triple yeah, the triple threat, threat match. match when him, Rollins, and uh, The Miz. Yeah. But, like, that's been, it's been almost two years. Mm-hmm. And at this point, because of the lack of feuds and, and whatnot... The only reason why people say he deserves a title shot is because he never got his title shot following the injury, like immediately after the injury, because he had to give up the title. So, sure, you know, that sounds fair, but life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. So you should have to earn a, your, a title shot, and they haven't even given him a reason to earn the title shot, or an opportunity to earn it. And last match, speaking of people who never got a, a uh, rematch for the Universal title loss, Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman, and a steel cage match. Um, Is that, That's crazy that even one of them got a rematch. Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense for Finn Balor because he got injured and was out for so long. But the... when Let's see. Kevin Owens won the title a week after... Balor dropped it, lost it to uh, Goldberg at was it the Royal Rumble? I th- think it was no. Uh, it might have been Royal Rumble. And then he lost it, and then Goldberg went against uh, La Brock Lesnar, and Brock's had it for four hundred eighty-six. Yeah, at WrestleMania last year, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a lot to digest with Brock, but I feel like Kevin Owens lost that fast lane in twenty two seconds. Mm-hmm. What was that two thousand sixteen? No, seventeen. That's right, fast lane. Was after uh, the Royal Rumble, so I feel like Kevin Owens won't be in, in anything meaningful until after Brock is gone, mm-hmm. where the title is around more regularly. Um, whether that's against Kevin Owens, or whether that's against Roman Reigns or Finn Balor or Seth Rollins, those are all built-in feuds for all of those guys. And until, as long as Brock is still around and is still champ, though, those guys are always going to, those guys will be um, further up the list ahead of Kevin Owens. So he's going to be lost in the shuffle for a while.
And Braun Strowman never really needed the briefcase. <laughs> I think we, we agreed on that. Yeah. But he's got it, and it's just a matter of time, really. Yeah, it's probably going to be SummerSlam. Whether it's during the match, he pulls off a Rollins, mm-hmm. or he waits till afterwards and cashes in on whoever wins. Right. How do you feel about someone winning the uh, the main belt without winning a secondary title? Uh, some guys are just built for the main title, and he's a he's a guy that's built for the main title. I really wouldn't care. I mean. It wouldn't be anything special if he were Intercontinental Champion, if he were United States Champion. For a guy like Braun Strowman, it's if you're going to be competing for a title, it has to be for the top title. Okay. And right now, while the, the iron is hot, once he becomes champion... Goes through a few title reigns, perhaps. Gets more established in the business. Then, as you get older, those secondary titles, that's fine. You know, the Big Show has been world champion, and then he's been United States champion. Then he's been Intercontinental champion, stuff like that. That's that's fine. But if you look at the Giant, as he was known in WCW, he was brought in to be world champion. He wasn't brought in to be... He wasn't going to... A guy like that you bring in, you're not bringing him in to be the WCW television champion or the WCW United States heavyweight champion. You're bringing him to be the world heavyweight champion. And that's the same with Braun. He's he's not suited for any other title right now. As he gets older, as uh, his, you know... After he's had his big time as a top guy, mm-hmm. then he can move on to more um, secondary titles to more, uh, what's the what's the term that we use? Second. Gatekeeper position. Okay. But he's still got, there's still, he still has a long way until he's there. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you thom- thoughts on that. Yeah. All right. We'll run through Extreme Rules. Uh, France just won the World Cup. They did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so who we got winning that match? Braun? Braun. Yeah. Sorry. So, the thing about Brock is that... Well, speaking of Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. I feel like we can use his WWE storyline to kind of segue into his mm-hmm. new storyline mm-hmm. outside of WWE, which is his return to the UFC. Yes. We watched UFC 226 on uh, July 7th, yeah, last Sunday time. for us. July 7th. And it was... I liked the show. I thought it was a good show. I thought the match was... Real. Most of the fights were pretty good. The co-main event, Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou, heavyweight. It was a stinker. It was an awful fight. They were not 
they were too cautious of each other because mm -hmm. they both had power. They both can, they both knock guys out. Um, so they took it very cautiously, and it was a boring fight. And it was a fight that a lot of people regretted seeing and paying for. I feel like, but the main event was Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight champion, coming up to heavyweight to fight Steve Miocic, the heavyweight title, in the first real super fight UFC has had in a long time. And it was a very interesting fight because Cormier had been undefeated at heavyweight, moved up or moved down to light heavyweight mm -hmm. a few years ago, and with the exception of John Jones, was pretty dominant in the light heavyweight division. So he comes up to heavyweight, has doesn't have to worry about cutting weight, and looked as good as ever. And didn't shock the world, but shook the world in the sense that he knocked out the heavyweight champion as a two division, simultaneous two division champion. Mm -hmm. And where do you go from there? Where do you go? Well, we found out. Find out right away, it's Brock Lesnar, who has been toying with the idea of coming back to UFC again. He's been, it's amazing that Brock Lesnar is allowed to treat everybody the same. Doesn't matter if it's WWE, it doesn't matter if it's UFC. And that's what's more astounding is that he he's able to treat a legitimate business, or not a legitimate, WWE is a legitimate business, a legitimate sport, mm -hmm. an actual sport, like he does a sports entertainment company. Well, it's like any other company. The guy who brings in the most money is allowed to do. He calls his shots yeah, wherever exactly. he goes. If you're bringing in millions of dollars to your company, you can you can afford. You can be a dick, and the company will let you get away with it because yeah. you're bringing in so much money, and that's what Brock Lesnar does. Pay-per-view-wise for the UFC, uh, pre, uh, WWE Network subscriptions for WWE, the man brings in money. I mean, that's you might people may not like what he's done with the Universal Championship, and there's a lot of people that don't like what he's done with the Universal Championship, but right. he gets away with it because yeah. he brings eyeballs and he brings money. He tells Vince, I'm only going to work five matches a year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be champion that time, and you're going to pay me a lot of money. Exactly. And he tells Dana White, I'm going to jump back and forth between wrestling and UFC, and when I come back to UFC, I'm getting a title shot. Because because it was, it's going to be the biggest because buy. No, right, because no, nobody right now can bring in the, the eyeballs that I can. Derek Lewis, unfortunately, is from Houston. Well, not unfortunately, he's from Houston, but... Right. <laughs> unfortunately for Derek Lewis, and I say this because he's from Houston, and, you know, you root for the Houston guy, mm -hmm. he's not going to bring in the eyeballs that Brock Lesnar is, and especially after that showing mm -hmm. against Francis Ngannou. And he even said, before the fight, he said, if I knock out Francis Ngannou, who knocks everybody out devastatingly if I knock him out I'm calling for a title shot and maybe he would be warranted a title shot he said but if I win by decision then I'm not calling anybody out and I don't deserve anything so not only did he win by decision but he lost he won or he won 
but with the worst embarrassingly. Yeah. And he even said that fight set me back two fights. I don't. He said I really don't deserve anything. So that's one of those things. Like you can say that, but we watched the fight. It wasn't your fault. The right, other guy, right. if he had played any more defensively, he'd have been a turtle in the turtle shell. It was ridiculous. But I like when a Houston guy is his harshest critic, and he doesn't make excuses for the most part. And. You know, he was acting like a man. He said, I don't deserve anything. I still have work to do. Y'all yeah, saw, saw me throwing them kicks with a hurt back. Right. So, there's no one else in the heavyweight division. He's not going to, Daniel Cormier is not going to fight Cain Velasquez because Cain Velasquez is his best friend and his mm-hmm. training partner. And that's the, whole, that's the whole reason why he left the heavyweight division was because Cain was coming up. And he said, we're not going to do this. We'll never do this. Mm-hmm. So, it's like the Klitschko brothers in boxing. I was just thinking about that. It's like, we're not going to fight each other no matter what happens. And they said, our mom said we can't mm-hmm. fight. So, yeah, it's the same deal. Like, th- that fight was never going to happen. John Jones is still dis- suspended. And that's the only other fight would be if John Jones came up to heavyweight and fought for the title. And even then, it was John Jones versus Corey. Right. I think I don't think people would buy it because they've been burnt too many times by John Jones and his actions. Exactly. So Brock Lesnar. Comes I mean, back. I don't even think if he if he gets free from suspension, and I think his suspension is still what for another two years. Jones? Yeah. No, no, his is almost up. There, oh, it is. There was the whole situation. Okay. Yeah, it was. Even if like, it's still like, unclear what like what happened with that. Well, because he's, he tested positive. But I think his argument was actually valid, that I think it was a tainted supplement. I don't remember the exact details, but... It was a supplement, a PED? I thought he got suspended for cocaine. No, he got suspended for cocaine. Okay. He, he got tested positive for it, mm-hmm. um, but it's not on the... It's, the man substance? Right, it's not what they were looking... They, they weren't supposed to test for cocaine. Okay. They, you know, they don't test for everything. They only look out for, like, steroids and, and that's, that's weird. It's like, that's weird. It's like, ah, oh, you caught me robbing a bank, but you weren't supposed to be looking for that. Right. Uh, doesn't, doesn't count. Right. Uh, so, but, but I was saying with John Jones, even if he does, he come back from suspension, he's not going to be thrown to the title match right away. He's going to have to be, in, you know, work his way up. No, no, he wouldn't. You think they throw him in a title match right away? Absolutely. Wow, they're doing it with Brock. And wow, that's that is insane. It is, but that shows the lack of star power that's in the my, heavyweight division and in the UFC in general. Because my reason was like he wouldn't be in a title match. He'd have to work his way up, you know, two or three matches, and that would be like a year. No, so it's a year. He'd be a year older, and so so with Cormier, even if you know a year. Later, Cormier's what forty-two? He'd be forty-two. Would he even be champion by then? By the time Jones is ready. But if you're saying they would throw him in the title match, you know, right. immediately he comes out of suspension. That's crazy to me. And he's not even. He won't be champion by forty-two because Cormier has already said March twenty something, March something, two thousand nineteen. That's it. If you want to fight me, it has to be before March something 2019 because I'm retiring so he has less than a year to get two big money fights in 
and that one is definitely going to be Brock Lesnar. And that'll probably be his last match. It would have to be because there just wouldn't be time. If he's yeah. if he's adamant about that, if that March 2019 date is beyond it's uh, set in stone. If it's completely set in stone, if it's beyond budging, mm-hmm. then that's it. Because Brock just got back into the drug testing program. And he's serving on a six-month suspension for the last time he tested positive back in 2016. So the that six months, that starts now? Yes. Okay, because I, I wasn't sure if it started now or he'd already served it. No. But it's literally, he had, it's while he's in, a w, in the UFC. Yeah. So he wouldn't. Their match wouldn't be until January at the earliest. Correct. So unless Cormier were to knock out Brock Lesnar in the first round, like he did Stipe Miocic, mm-hmm. there's really no time for him to recover from that fight and then be ready for John Jones in March. Maybe I don't know, but it would have to be a decisive victory over Brock Lesnar. And that's saying that he's. Still champion by then. They have another big pay per view in NYC coming up at the end, near the end of the year. Well, that's the thing. There's no one else for Cormier to fight, and Cormier has say, said, "I'm from here on out. I'm only looking for big money fights." As he should. As he should. He's earned it. He's been around long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said Alexander Gustafson, who would probably probably be the number one contender after his fight next month. He's got a fight next month. He said unless he does something spectacular, I'm I'm still not going to fight him. It's not it's not a big money fight for me because it wasn't the first time they fought, and that was one of the best fights ever between him and Cormier. Cormier still retained the light heavyweight title, but that's not a fight worth having for Cormier because it's a dangerous fight. It's a, it's a brutal fight, you know, as you know, evidenced by their first match. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's it's just not going to be a draw. Yeah, a, and for Cormier, it's like I I'm the champ in two weight divisions. Right. I'm not getting out of bed for a match unless it starts at a million. Exactly. And which keep so, it one hundred. We'd all do that. We'd all make that decision. Uh, I am worth X amount of money. Do not call me unless you're paying me X plus one. Right. And so, so there's no big super fight for John for Daniel Cormier now, from now until January. So unless Yoel Romero, who usually fights at 185 pounds, is the former uh, silver medalist, uh, Olympic silver medalist in freestyle wrestling from Cuba mm-hmm. so they have the same backgrounds Olympic wrestling and the guy has a history of making has trouble making weight at 185 pounds so a, two, a fight at 205 would be perfect would be good for him because he wouldn't have to cut weight and he's a big enough name where that could be an interesting fight but it still wouldn't be a it still wouldn't be a, a mega fight. Let me ask you a question. John Jones is a mega fight. Brock Lesnar is a mega fight. Question. A year from now, excluding John Jones, who's the biggest name in UFC? One year from now. Mm-hmm. So, Lesnar's... 
probably retired or back with WWE. Uh, Cormier's retired. John Jones, who knows? So outside of those three names, who's the who will be the biggest name? It will be one year from today. It. You hope that it's Conor McGregor, but he hasn't fought in two years. Seriously? Yeah. Two years? Yeah. He won the lightweight title. At what point can you just strip these guys without defending the belt? Well, no, he's been stripped. He's no longer the lightweight champion. Oh, okay. Um, But he's still the face of the company, even though he hasn't fought. If he fights this year against Khabib Nurmagomedov, which is the fight that could probably happen, the big fight, you're, the big card you were talking about in New York, mm-hmm. they're looking at that, you know, being the headlining fight. Um, if he were to fight this year and actually beat Khabib Nurmagomedov, then by next year he would be, he would still be the face of the company. If he doesn't fight, or if he does fight and loses, I can't even think. I, I can't pick anybody at this moment. There's no, There would be no one out there that is a legitimate superstar. Like, that could cross over mainstream, that, can, that brings in casual fans and hardcore fans, that's going to sell... At this point... Well, two years ago, the benchmark was you're a legit superstar if you're selling a million buys, pay-per-view buys. And that's true. That'll always hold true. But they don't even have guys that are selling 500,000 buys. So you have to worry about 500,000 pay-per-views before you even start thinking about a million, getting back to a million. Because last year when George St. Pierre came back after a four-year layoff, Fought for the middleweight title and won, and won the middleweight title. <laughs> it was like, I think it was the best pay-per-view they had all year. And it was still under a million. It was like 800,000. Which is a great number. But, you know, you need more than one of those each year to, you know, to um, keep the momentum going. You can't have one 800,000 pay-per-view buy and then... 11 other 150 to 350,000 pay-per-view buys. You need more of a fluctuation, I feel like. You need, or you need higher, I mean, you need, you need more than one 500,000 pay-per-view buy. And they're not getting those. Do you think it would help or hurt the UFC if they had something like the WWE well, they, Network? The, pay-per-view, pay-per-view needs to go. Boxing doesn't even do pay-per-view as much anymore. They very like unless it's Mayweather, and in, and whenever it does happen, if it does ever happen, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. the the marquee heavyweight fight that everybody's waiting for. If that ever happens, that'll be on pay per view. Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, uh, Gennady Golovkin, that's a pay per view fight. But Manny Pacquiao no longer fights on pay per view. He he just had a fight on yes, Saturday night yeah. last night on ESPN Plus. Not even on ESPN. <laughs> Not even ESPN 2. 
Right. Plus, he had the, the online subscription. You have to pay $5 to see that. If that. Well, I mean, it's for the whole month. I month know, but day. still. Right. But eventually, we're all going to have to do that. And that's fine. Like, I, if it, you know, it, 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 it's not a bad idea. But pay-per-view is going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. WWE is, I mean, I'm, UFC is still, uh, they're still in the Stone Age with that. Yeah. WWE struggled at first. It was, it was a big hit. It was a, it was a hit to the company. They took a hit. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It, it could sound. You could. They took a financial hit. Yeah. They took a hit with the transition from pay per view to uh, streaming service. But they've survived. They've managed. They're still doing well. The stock is exploded. To your chagrin. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. And whatever. I mean, they just sold their shows for what a billion billion dollars dollars? yeah Yeah. so they're surviving Mm -hmm. the UFC unless and there's you know they signed a deal with ESPN but ESPN plus but until yes I guarantee they didn't make a billion dollars I think they did they did I want to say they did wow I stand I sit corrected but if I mean, if you if you want to be a legitimate sport, I mean, the, at the end of the day, the legitimate sports—baseball, basketball, football—all have network deals. Mm-hmm. So you can you watch football every Sunday. You watch basketball most nights of the week yep. on ESPN or ABC. Baseball is all over. Damn near every day of the month. Right. And not only that, not only I'm sorry. Football's on Sunday, Monday, Thursday. You don't pay for the Super Bowl. Nope. You don't pay for the World Series. Nope. You don't pay for the NBA Finals. But you pay for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. You pay for the UFC Lightweight Championship. You pay for the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship. You pay to watch all these championship matches. And that's not how it works anymore. Mm-hmm. You gotta, if you don't get a deal, pay per view has to go at this point. It just does. It's expensive to watch, and that's why they don't sell half a million pay per view buys every month because you're charging $65 every month to watch it. And you had to. Pay-per-view had a great run since the 80s. Millions and millions and millions and millions of, of purchases have been made for boxing and wrestling and mixed martial arts. But things have changed and streaming and, is the way to go. And, and what really hurts them is, you know, you're just talking about pay-per-view in the 70s. What hurts, right, is the internet era that we're in. If something happens on a pay-per-view and like UFC pay-per-view and it's huge I can get a, a gif of it on Twitter within you know five minutes of it happening it wasn't like that back in the 70s and 80s if you if something big happened you'd either have to and you didn't watch it somebody had to tell you or you had to hope that it was in a newspaper right and you, you know UFC wasn't that big, big back then 
Right, and if you and something happens now and it's crazy, I'll, I'll you're on Twitter, you'll get 50, 15 different you know tweets from somebody. Somebody will have a video of it. Hell, people now will like they'll have channels where all they do is they'll they'll do some kind of legal hookup and and they'll have they'll be watching it and just set up a camera so you can watch it on their on their Twitter screen. Right, look at this one. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier fought mm-hmm. in the seventies. In some of the biggest fights of all time, mm-hmm. and those will always be recognized as some of the most important fights, greatest fights of all time. All you needed was a television, and maybe a Saturday after, depending on when the fights were airing, because some of these fights were in the afternoon on Wide World of Sports mm-hmm. or prime time even. The ones in New York were probably prime, were prime time, I imagine. But if you you know, all you need was television. And if you're if you're a hardcore fan, if you if you are a fan of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, a fan of boxing, and realize the importance of this fight, you just all you need is a television, and you're gonna clear your schedule, and you're gonna watch the fight. Yep. But now, if you're a UFC fan and you you want to see Daniel Cormier and Steve Amiochik in a super fight for the heavyweight title. You need sixty-five dollars, so either you're going to pay for the sixty-five dollars, you're not going to watch the fight, or like you said, you could very well stream it illegally. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's always been a growing. Pro- it's been a growing problem. And that cuts into things, you know. That so at this point now, it's you. You need to look out for the consumer. In terms of uh, how much you charge, and you need to look out for your own interest by making sure that uh, by you know providing a or by looking out for the consumer, you're looking out for yourself because you're gonna hopefully eliminate or cut down on illegal streams, and if. If the UFC, if Fight Pass, which Fight Pass, it costs just as much as the WWE Network, nine ninety nine a month. But with the WWE Network, you get everything. You get yeah. to watch every match that's ever happened. You get to watch all the live pay per views. The UFC is only half of that. You get to see every match that's ever happened, but you don't get to see every pay per view that night because you're still having to pay mm-hmm. for the you know you'd have to wait a month or whatever for it to be uploaded but with the internet you know the result two seconds after it happens yeah so and it's still a good value but I'm not gonna I don't want like I the only reason why I have the network WWE is to watch the live the pay-per-views you know it's nice to have those other things mm-hmm. and sometimes I will but I don't watch them regularly I don't watch it regularly and that's what I would do with, with Fight Pass. I, if, if the pay-per-views were on there live, I would I would never cancel my subscription. I would always pay for that. So, they, the change has to be made eventually. Yes. And their biggest thing they need to do is figure out how to get casual fans in. 
because it, you can't just stay with your own group of hardcore fans because if that's all you have when they start dying off <laughs> so the same happens to your ratings right you always need in any kind of industry you always need to be trying to grow mm-hmm. and also you need who if you're ever in a meeting and someone says we can't do that because we've always done it this way you need to fire that person because <laughs> you all your job you always have to find new and different ways to do things because no matter what technology is going to keep expanding it's going to get and the future you need to be thinking five ten years in the future not think about what you're doing right now because mm-hmm. what you're doing right now is going to last Yeah, it's yeah. The change has to it needs to come. Yep. So the thing about Brock, but back to Brock, <laughs> is that he's gonna get the the opportunity next, mm-hmm. as long as he stays clean. And yeah, you'll sell a million pay per views there, and then that's it. And then what happens next? Where do you go from there? But I feel like. It's a transition that is needed as well. Much like the Universal title, as soon as he's gone, then things, you need to really get cooking. As soon as he's gone with the UFC, and as soon as Daniel Cormier is gone as well, then you can really start to shake things up. Really see, are you going to be able to create new stars from, from going, going forward? Because right now, I guess you shouldn't worry about who your current stars are, because you don't have any. So now what you should focus on is who are you going to build to be the next big thing. Yeah. You know, because you're still, I mean, look, you're still doing fine. Business is not in any danger. You just sign these big deals with ESPN and all that kind of stuff. So use this time now to to look forward and to start looking for the next star. And it's unfortunate because you do have a lot of plenty of fighters now who you know are capable of being, you know, big dominant champions, but they ultimately you, you need the the crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anybody right now that has mm-hmm. that except McGregor. And he might be trying to get that boxing money. Yeah. Because whatever he got for his match with uh, Mayweather. Mm-hmm. I'll never get that with UFC. Yeah, he will never. Unless they make him a part owner, he's never going to see that much money in the UFC ring. Yeah. That's it, man. Good to be back. Yeah. It's a good talk. Man. And, yeah, I'm glad, you know, we... Talk about wrestling and fighting and all this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Now we're not going to go out in the street and beat anybody up. We got, got it got all that, got that Get all the aggression out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good times. Good times. Ooh. All right, man. It's Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon. Sunday. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. It's 1 o'clock. <laughs> Get this out. Now head over to my mother's house to eat some delicious, delicious food. Hey, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, man. Well... Enjoy Extreme Rules. Enjoy the rest of the baseball season because who knows when we're going to record again. <laughs> Go Astros. 
We're at the All-Star break, basically. We are at the All-Star break. Yeah, we are at the All-Star break. And we have a really good chance of winning the World Series again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about that next time. We We are behind the scenes. We are working some stuff. We're getting Anthony a microphone so we can... uh, do the podcast like twice or even three times a week I'm thinking like um, we'll still do one a week where we meet up mm-hmm. but maybe do one where you know across Skype where it's like hey this such and such just blew up on a Thursday sure. on a random Tuesday let's talk about it real quick uh, um, what else oh I just uh, sent you an invite to play a uh, website called Trello Okay. Basically, it's um. Uh, you look confused. I just saw some other email. Oh, okay. Weird. Uh, I'm not sure what the best way to describe, it, but it's for basically planning. Like business can use it to plan out their activities and stuff. So it's something that we can use to like plan out. Hey, just put it up. Hey, I want to talk about this, or hey, I want to write about this. And it actually sends notifications so you won't, you know, forget about stuff. Ah, okay. Well, that's one of the biggest problems I have. It's like, oh, I want to write about this. And then, you know, I get distracted or I get busy with work or the child. And then it's like, oh, time pass. Boom. All right. I'll take care of it. Says you're an unconfirmed, unconfirmed member. All right. I'll get, get it signed up. That's cool. All right. So anything else for me? Uh, no, that's it, man. Thanks again for tuning in. It's, yeah. It's always fun doing this. I, I we don't do this enough, and uh, I do enjoy getting to talk, getting to talk to you about stuff. You know, talking about sports and fun stuff, man. Yeah, because we had no plan for this. We just came together and we talked about your DJing, WWE, UFC. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. So, promise won't be gone for six months. Pinky, uh, pinkies, pinky promise. <laughs> let's, right. let's do it. <laughs> All right, for Anthony, I'm De Quincey. Later, babies.